two Ukrainian tourists were kayaking along a river in the Hamar Duban mountain range in southern Siberia. While they're paddling along, they look over into the surrounding wilderness and see a girl standing there, screaming and waving her arms. It was so desperate looking that they immediately realized something was wrong. So they go to the shore and the girl rushes to the woman and just sobs on her chest for a long time. And then the crying girl says, people had died and she was scared. So the tourist immediately took the girl to the rescue service. It's August 9th, 1993. And what the girl told the kayakers sounded strangely similar to the Dyatlov Pass incident that happened in 1959. When she finally does tell her story, it would be one of two times she ever spoke about the bloody and violent incident that has sparked conspiracy theories for decades. And when she gave a very brief interview in 2018, it still left many questions unanswered. This is the story of the Korovina group disaster. I'm Tatiana, and this is Occurrence. Seven hikers from Kazakhstan were planning a hiking trip that spanned almost 50 miles. The group had adults and young teenagers in it and was planning a route of Category 4 difficulty. The highest difficulty at the time was Category 5 or 6. It was the summer and the weather was forecasted to be tame. But as we'll come to find out, that wasn't the case at all. This hike was led by Ludmila Korovina, a 41-year-old woman who was an experienced leader and considered a master of sports and tourism. She was a leader in a tourist club, and that's where the rest of the hikers in the group came from. For six months, she had the young hikers preparing in advance for the hike. They wrote out their meals for each day. Ludmilla planned a clear route down to the hour, and she determined who would carry what. Everyone had been on multiple hikes with her already, so she was familiar with their capabilities. Tatiana Filipenko was there. She was 24 years old and loved the mountains. Alexander Prison was 23 years old and met Ludmilla as a teenager. Dennis Schwachkin was 19 years old and got into the group by accident. He was a member of the tourist club and knew Coravina well, but he replaced a guy whose parents wouldn't let him go. Dennis's parents were actually at a resort when this happened, so he left them a note saying, quote, I went to the mountains. I'll be back soon. End quote. Valentina Urochenko was 17 years old, and she grew up in a village and was always on the farm. Now, Victoria Zalasova was 16 years old, and the one person Ludmilla didn't want to take. Victoria would lose her temper when she was tired and became unstable. But her mother told Ludmilla she would behave and not let anyone down, so she was allowed to join. The youngest in the group was Timur Bapinov, and he was 15 years old and grew up in the mountains. His parents were fond of sports tourism and raised him to love it too. While Ludmilla's group was hiking, there would be three more groups passing nearby. One of them was led by Ludmilla's 16-year-old daughter, Natalia. They planned to meet at the end of the route on Lake Patov. Ludmilla had said that her group was backup for Natalia's group if anything went wrong. So, on August 2nd, 1993, the group set off for their journey, and at first, things were good. The weather was decent and the group was ahead of schedule to hit the meeting spot with Natalia's group, but they would never make it. Two days later, they reached a treeless alpine area. They prepared food on Primus stoves and by 4 p.m. they had made some more progress. But the weather was horrible now. 
it was cold and they were being hit with heavy rain and some snow, which soaked through their supplies and slowed them down because of how heavy it made everything. But instead of moving down into the nearby forest or continuing up another 30 minutes to an established shelter, Ludmilla had them set up camp on an exposed slope. They set up two tents and went down for the night. But at 4 a.m., the tent ropes broke. They were fixed, but by 6 a.m., the sleeping bags were wet and Valentina had been physically ill and vomited. By 10 a.m. on August 5th, Alexander went and said they were wet and freezing. And I assume this is him coming to the tent with Ludmilla and Valentina in it and saying that. They were supposed to meet Natalia that day. But later that evening, when Natalia's group made it to the meeting spot, Ludmilla's group would not show. And Natalia's group moved on, just assuming her mother's group was delayed from the weather, but fine. The reality was far different. After they ate breakfast, Ludmilla had everyone gather their backpacks and started climbing down the hill. They made it about 30 feet, and then Alexander just started screaming. He was in the back of the group, so everyone turned to look at what was happening, and they saw that he's bleeding from his eyes and ears and frothing at the mouth. Then he falls to the ground and starts convulsing. And then he stops. Ludmilla orders everyone else to get down the slope while she runs to Alexander. She's distraught and trying to get him to wake up. But then the group hears Ludmilla cry out, so they stop running and turn to go back to her. As they're running back to see why she was making that sound, they see she has the exact same symptoms as Alexander. Ludmilla's eyes and nose were pouring blood and she was frothing at the mouth. Then she started convulsing and collapsed on top of Alexander. At that point, Tatiana was the first to reach Ludmilla and she collapsed, grabbing at her throat like she couldn't breathe. Then she started crawling towards a rock, and when she reached it, Tatiana started bashing her head against it until she went limp. Now, Victoria and Timur started running around, and Dennis hid behind a rock. Valentina is just stuck. She's frozen in place and just watching everyone die around her. It only felt like a few minutes. Victoria and Timur collapsed while running and started grabbing at their throats and tearing off their clothes while throwing up blood. Dennis runs to Victoria and kicks her and tells her to run down the slope, so they do. But as they were running, Dennis collapsed and started convulsing. Valentina, obviously scared for her life, kept running until she was away from what she just witnessed and surrounded by trees. She only had a tent for supplies, so she set up her tent for the night and fell asleep. The next morning, realizing she was still alive, Valentina knew she needed to find people. She knew a river was nearby, and if she followed the river, she would be saved. So she returned to where she left the others, still unmoving. She took a map and food from their belongings and closed their open eyes. According to a rescuer who discovered the group later, Valentina also covered them with a tent, which may have contributed to the state they were found in, but I'll get back to that later. Valentina made it to the river by following power lines, but was unable to walk on the rocky shores or walk in the water due to the strong current. She had a fever and strong cough, and could tell she was falling ill, so she began to prepare to die. But she didn't want to die dirty and ugly, so she washed herself and all her dirty items off in the icy river. Then she changed into her clean clothes and hung the wet items on branches to dry. And it was at this point she spotted the kayakers and was saved. Valentina Udochinko was the only survivor of this disaster, and the story of her group's death sparked all kinds of theories. It would take two weeks for the rescuers to locate the group's remains because allegedly the weather was too bad to use a helicopter. 
So rescuers had to go on foot when the weather was better to go and find the group. And when they were found, it was so horrific that to this day, the rescuers' voices tremble when they talk about it. Now, due to the descriptions of their deaths, there's obviously something amiss. Conspiracies similar to the Dyatlov Pass came out, including nerve gas, military weapons, aliens, and so much more. But I'll tell you why I don't quite buy it being a conspiracy at all later. Yuri Golius was honored for his work in the rescue, and he said it was a terrible scene. Everyone was found lying on a small ledge, some very close together and others further away. They had very little clothing on. Some were just wearing thin leotards and some were without shoes. There were no eyes, just worms and empty eye sockets and open mouths. Due to them being covered with the tent, the decomposition and the smell of that process, even in the body bags, made the helicopter ride back, quote, impossible. The autopsy would reveal the cause of death for everyone to be hypothermia, except for Ludmilla, who had a heart attack. Everyone had signs of bruised lungs and protein deficiency from malnutrition, and the deaths were ruled accidental. Now, clearly the official report and Valentina's story don't seem to match. Like I said before, Russian military experiments and conspiracies were a big one for this tragedy. But the Hamarduban Mountains are a very public hiking location, at least where these hikers were at, with many people traveling throughout any time, especially in the summer. And don't forget, they were in an open area. They weren't surrounded by trees in some remote area that would make more sense for a top-secret military experiment. It's Siberia. There are so many other locations for something like that to be taking place. Now, the nerve agent is kind of plausible if this group just had very bad luck. And this theory is from YouTuber Kadaber and Natasha M's Medium article on this event. It may have been possible for a specific gas to be the cause. Apparently, this class of nerve agents was created and used by Soviet Russia until 1993 and is believed to be the deadliest nerve agent to exist. The nerve agents were reportedly tested in areas near the Hamar Duban region, and the rapid death it caused mimics what happened to the hikers. It's water-soluble and can take four months to evaporate, and the particles often float close to the ground. According to Natasha's article, if the agent had been tested high up in the mountains a few months prior, then the constant rain would have washed the tested product down the mountain and to their hill. In the morning, most of the water evaporated with the sun, but somehow Alexander stepped into a contaminated spot, and everyone going to that area, minus Valentina since she kept away, eventually died. My problem with that theory is that they were wet that night. That very morning, Alexander said how cold and wet everyone was, and Valentina reported everyone's sleeping bags were wet. So if there was a nerve agent coming through the rain or running down the hill, it would have gotten to everyone overnight. And contaminated drinking water would have had other groups in the mountain experience a similar situation. Mushroom poisoning is plausible, and people who are hallucinating do often see others crying blood. It would explain the inconsistency with Valentina's story and the autopsy. But here's what I think happened. It's largely from Yuri the Rescuer's belief. Yuri is positive that the hikers were killed by their leader, Ludmila Korovina. Before you freak out, let me explain. You see, Yuri knew Ludmilla way before this tragedy. She was athletic, strong-willed, and beautiful, and they once crossed paths on a mountain. She was with two 16-ish-year-old boys, and they looked absolutely exhausted. One of the boys was so weak, he couldn't even lift an axe to chop firewood. 
So Yuri gave them tea and bread. Allegedly, they inhaled it like they've never eaten anything in their life. In response to that, Ludmilla said that she practices the school of survival. This is when a group goes on a hike with minimal food and clothing. It's apparently how she raises them to be ready for unforeseen situations. And this was a regular thing for her hikes. Allegedly, the students would come back absolutely exhausted nearly every single time, to the point where some parents didn't want their kids hiking with Ludmilla. She believed in no extra or excessive clothing, no extra food, and packing very lightly. So I believe, since she thought the weather would be okay, the hikers weren't allowed clothing that would have kept them warm in the weather that they experienced, even though at night it's said a jacket is still needed on that mountain even in the summer. I believe with the cold weather and with the minimal clothing, the hikers were suffering from the beginnings of hypothermia, and I think they were also suffering from mountain sickness. Mountain sickness is when after reaching 2,000 meters on a mountain, you start to suffer from oxygen starvation. And since everyone died at 2,300 meters, I'd say that was possible. Weakness, headache, and nausea accompany that sickness, and Valentina threw up that morning. Her weakness and detachment are very present in her story. In her more recent interview, Valentina swears they ate four times a day. However, in her first interview, closer to after when this event happened, she said they ate out of those little stoves, which do not hold a lot of food. And when Yuri was searching for the hikers, he saw that there was evidence of only one can of soup being shared between seven hikers for breakfast that morning. So I believe that they were malnourished. They were suffering from hypothermia and mountain sickness. Alexander collapsed first, being the largest and strongest and needing the most calories in those conditions. Him being the first to die caused Ludmilla to have a heart attack because she was so close to Alexander and it's said that she saw him as her own son. This caused a spike in the stress levels and blood pressure of the rest of the group, causing their symptoms to expedite and lead to having a pulmonary edema. I'm not sure if I believe everyone died back to back or if it was more spread out, and Valentina later said she wasn't sure how long it lasted either. But I do think Valentina survived because she said she had been chewing on a lot of golden roots, which are rich in nutrients and vitamins. Everyone had a spine of it in their bags, but it's unknown if the others were snacking like Valentina. I would guess not, since I'm assuming it wasn't allowed, because apparently while on the mountain, Ludmilla made a long stop with the group and had everyone collect golden roots. Ludmilla had two large bags of the roots in her backpack, and it's believed she collected it to sell later, even though you aren't supposed to do this. If I'm being honest, I think Valentina didn't want to talk about what happened for a long time because she didn't know what to say. It's my opinion that she didn't want to disparage Ludmilla, and if she told the truth of what happened, it would have been twisted into even worse stories than there already were following the tragedy. I can't say I blame her for being young at the time and wanting to not further upset the parents of the other hikers, who to this day still trust Ludmilla and don't believe she did anything wrong. I do want to be clear and say I don't think Ludmilla had an intention of anything even close to this happening. Her greatest mistake in my book was trusting the weather service. And instead of preparing for a hike with the worst case scenario in mind, as far as preparation and supplies, she went with the mindset that nothing would go wrong, and if it did, they could figure it out using simple survival skills. To me, this is a cautionary tale about a disaster that didn't have to happen, but unfortunately did. Everyone is a victim in this story, and please remember that when sharing your opinions. If you like this story and want to hear more like this, don't forget to subscribe. All sources can be found at occurrencepod.com. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.